I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Second Chronicles chapters 6 and 7, and also Psalm 136. I should point out that Second Chronicles beginning with chapter 6, all the way through to chapter 7 verse 10, those two chapters are paralleled in 1 Kings chapter 8. That's the passage that we looked at yesterday, and we didn't read the parallel passage out loud anyway of Second Chronicles chapters 6 and 7. So today, you'll be hearing a lot of familiar um, text here, and that's because yesterday it was on our reading, and we read it in 1 Kings chapter 8. So today, let's begin our reading with 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 1. Then said Solomon, The Lord hath said that he would dwell in the thick darkness, but I have built a house of habitation for thee, and a place for thy dwelling forever. And the king turned his face and blessed the whole congregation of Israel, and all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who hath with his hands fulfilled that which he spake with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people out of the land of Egypt, I chose no city among all the tribes of Israel to build a house in, that my name might be there, neither chose I any man to be a ruler over my people Israel. But I have chosen Jerusalem, that my name might be there, and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to David my father, Forasmuch as it was in thine heart to build a house for my name, thou didst well in that it was in thine heart, Notwithstanding, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son which shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house for my name. The Lord therefore hath performed his word that he hath spoken, for I am risen up in the room of David my father, and am set on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built the house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And in it I have put the ark, where it is the covenant of the Lord, that he made with the children of Israel. Well, here we go. Of all the people among whom God could have chosen to dwell, we're it, says Solomon. And of all the places in which God could have had a temple built, this is the place, again, says Solomon. Solomon here blesses the people of Jerusalem this very day. As he speaks to the people of Israel, he reviews the provisions of the Davidic covenant proclaiming that Israel is the nation of God, and that the throne of David shall endure forever. That's in Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 16. We know it as the Davidic covenant. In his presentation, he points out that God, God himself, had authorized the building of this new temple by David's son, Solomon himself. Then Solomon does a prayer of dedication found in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verses 12 through 42. It's also paralleled, by the way, in 1 Kings chapter 8, 
verses 22 to 61. And if you're looking at the written notes of BibleTrack.org, you'll see that it's in blue in the right-hand column there. Verse 12, And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands. For Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long and five cubits broad and three cubits high and had set in it the midst of the court. And upon it he stood and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven and said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven nor in the earth which keepest commandment and showest mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee with all their hearts. Thou which hast kept with thy servant David my father that which thou hast promised him and spakest with thy mouth and hast fulfilled it with thine hand as it is this day. Now therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father that which thou hast promised him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit upon the throne of Israel, yet so that thy children take heed to their way to walk in my law, as thou hast walked before me. Now then, O Lord God of Israel, let thy word be verified, which thou hast spoken unto thy servant David. But will God in very deed dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heavens of heaven cannot contain thee how much less this house which I have built. Have respect, therefore, to the prayer of thy servant, and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee, that thine eyes may be open upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof thou hast said that thou wouldest put thy name there, to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant prayeth toward this place." Hearken, therefore, unto the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which shall they make toward this place. Hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven, and when thou hearest, forgive. If a man sin against his neighbor, and an oath be laid upon him to make him swear, and the oath come before thine altar in this house, Then hear thou from heaven, and do and judge thy servants by requiting the wicked, by recompensing his way upon his own head, and by justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. And if thy people Israel be put to the worst before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall return and confess thy name, and pray and make supplication before thee in this house." Then hear thou from the heavens, and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again into the land which thou gavest to them and to their fathers. When the heaven is shut up, and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray toward this place, and confess thy name, and turn from their sin when thou dost afflict them, then hear thou from heaven, and forgive the sin of thy servants, and of thy people Israel, when thou hast taught them the good way, wherein they should walk, and send rain upon thy land, which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. If there be a dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, if there be blasting, or mildew, locust, or caterpillars, if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore or whatsoever sickness there be, Then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man, or of all thy people Israel, when every one shall know his own sore, 
and his own grief, and shall spread forth his hands in this house. Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive and render unto every man according unto all his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men, that they may fear thee to walk in thy ways, so long as they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. Moreover, concerning the stranger, which is not of thy people Israel, but is come from a far country for thy great namesake, and thy mighty hand, and thy stretched out arm, if they come and pray in this house, then hear thou from the heavens, and from thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee, that all the people of the earth may know thy name, and fear thee, as doth thy people Israel, and may know that this house which I have built is called by thy name. If thy people go out to war against their enemies, by the way that thou shalt send them, and they pray unto thee toward this city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou from the heavens their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause. If they sin against thee, for there is no man which sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them over before their enemies, and they carry them away captives unto a land far off or near. Yet if they bethink themselves in the land whither they are carried captive, and turn and pray unto thee in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have done amiss, and have dealt wickedly, if they return to thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whether they have carried them captives, and pray toward their land which thou gavest unto their fathers, and toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house which I have built for thy name, then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. Now, my God, let, I beseech thee, thine eyes be open, and let thine ears be attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, unto thy resting place. Thou, in the ark of thy strength, let thy priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed, Remember the mercies of David, thy servant. Well, this is the same long prayer that we saw in yesterday's reading in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 22 to 53. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the written notes of BibleTrack.org, I've listed 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 22 to 53 once again. The people are listening in as Solomon kneels on a scaffold built there in the temple courtyard, especially for this occasion. Solomon outlines the supernatural aspects of the new temple. Notice Solomon's acknowledgement of the fact that we're all sinners in verse 36. As a matter of fact, Solomon's prayer here is one that points out that man's solution to his problems are to be found in prayer before God. Now talk about some holy fire. Look at Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. I should mention that these verses are paralleled in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 and 11, but that was yesterday's reading. Now Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1. 
Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord, because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement, and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. So they finished the temple, moved the ark in, and what do you know? Fire from heaven fills it up. That's not all either. The fire also consumes the sacrifices that were presented on the altar. Now that seemed to have an impact on the people, as we see in verse 3 when it says, When all the people of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Incidentally, that fire was the Shekinah glory, the fire, the presence of God. And I've written an article about that. It's under the topic section of BibleTrack.org, and the article is entitled, The Shekinah Glory. Then we dedicate the temple. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 4-11. through 11. By the way, these verses are paralleled in 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 62 to 66, which we looked at and read yesterday. Now, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 4. And the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of twenty and two thousand oxen and an hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. And the priests waited on their offices, the Levites also with the instruments of music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord, because his mercy endureth forever, when David praised by their ministry. And the priests sounded trumpets before them, and all Israel stood. Moreover, Solomon hallowed the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord, for there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings, because the brazen altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings and the meat offerings and the fat. Also at the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great congregation, from the entering in of Hamath into the river of Egypt. And in the eighth day they made a solemn assembly, for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days and the feast seven days. And on the three-and-twentieth day of the seventh month, he sent the people away into their tents, glad and merry in heart for the goodness that the Lord had showed unto David and to Solomon and to Israel his people. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord. And in his own house he prosperously effected remember that big pool for the priests to wash in before the sacrifice? Let me ask you another question. You remember from 1 Chronicles chapter 24, the 24,000 Levites who had been assigned to the 24 shifts to work in the temple? Well, this really big pool gets a really big visitation this first week. We're getting ready to sacrifice 22,000 oxen, 120,000 sheep, 
and those who were priests must be ceremonially clean when they do that sacrificing. Oh, and do you remember the really, really big altar? It was about 36 and a half feet square. It was built for the sacrificing of animals. Well, it's getting ready to get a steady workout for this dedication. So imagine with the sacrifice and the dedication scene going here, this guess 48 or so priests simultaneously sacrificing at this altar, 48 or so animals at a time, every two to five minutes. Think about the sounds, the smell, the hustle. Simply an amazing sight and sound. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure I'd have been able to have the stomach for priest work. After seven days, though, the people went home and, wow, what a seven days that was. In Second Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 to 22, God speaks to Samuel with some good news and some bad news. That's paralleled, by the way, in First Kings chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, which we read yesterday, which nonetheless is in the written notes of BibleTrack.org, shown in the right-hand column, parallel to Second Samuel chapter 7. Verse 12, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and I have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open, and mine ears attend to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom according as I have covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. But if he turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go out and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them, and this house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. And this house which is high shall be an astonishment to every one that passeth by it, so that he shall say, Why hath the Lord done this unto this land? And unto this house, and it shall be answered, because they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold on other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon them. Well, Solomon here gets a visit from God himself, actually. In verse 12, here's what we see. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. Well, first of all, God gives Solomon some good news. Do right by the one true God, and I'll prosper you and your people forever. That's the good news. 
Well, here's the bad news. Turn away from the one true God, and disaster will follow. That's found in verses 19 to 22. Now, here's an off-quoted verse regarding Israel in verse 14. Here's what it says. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Many preachers and evangelists use this as a verse for America. Since this was a specific promise to Israel based upon God's covenants for Israel, do you think it removes this verse from proper context when we use it as a promise for America? Let's give a little bit of special attention to Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 17 to 20. Uh, let me read those verses again. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments, then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom according as I have covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. But if ye turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land which I have given them, and this house which I have sanctified for my name will I cast out of my sight, and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. Well, it is quite ironic, isn't it, that Solomon's reign marks the beginning of a slide away from God. We see this clear statement of fact in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 6. In less than 400 years after the temple dedication, when God issues these words to Solomon, Israel does become a byword among all nations. So how does that relate to the covenant God made with David? If you want to read more about the Davidic covenant, then there's a link on the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today's reading, or you can go to the topic section of BibleTrack.org and look for the article entitled, The Davidic Covenant. Well, there are no surprises here. Moses himself had prophesied back in Deuteronomy chapter 30 that Israel would indeed sin and fall into captivity. This fall and subsequent repentance was all part of the prophecy Moses had given back in Deuteronomy chapters 29 and 30. The prophets Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, and Amos, they all had prophesied that God would restore the kingdom to Israel per the conditions of the Davidic covenant. Now let's finish off today's reading by reading Psalm 136. We don't know who the author of Psalm 136 is. Verse 1. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone who doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt and their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. 
with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Well, this is a preferred way for several of the Psalms to begin. You'll actually see these words in Psalm 1061, 1071, and 118.1. This unknown psalmist actually recounts all the victories and provisions given Israel by God. And then we see the phrase, For his mercy endureth forever. Now, Solomon may not have written these words, but they're certainly used this day in Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13, and in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 3, and again in verse 6, and that's part of the temple dedication. Here's a brief outline of Psalm 136, number 1. It has a call to praise in verses 1 through 3. Then God's power seen in nature in verses 4 through 9. Then God's work in the history of Israel in verses 10 through 22. And finally, God's mercy toward all in verses 23 to 26. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.